The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Let's roll level two. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morenci, the pistol players, officers, the people of Boston, and everybody else in between. Uh, throwing it down to Wicked Wednesday has uh, begun and uh, continues, as do the NBA playoffs and the wildness and the craziness continues inside the Orlando bubble. Two games, two uh, two-point uh, basketball uh, games and a million and two controversies and uh, debates to, to break down as, uh, you know, calls, fouls, and everything else uh, in between. Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat now up uh, two games to none on the Milwaukee uh, Bucks, but for one reason or another, the Milwaukee Bucks continuously uh, lay five points, and they're going to be laying five points once again in uh, game three. Speaking of game three, the Toronto Raptors are in a must-win situation. That's on Thursday night. We'll break that uh, game down a little bit. Uh, this evening as uh, the Raptors one-point favorites in a must-win situation. And only 7% of the time in the NBA's uh, history of teams uh, come back when trailing two games uh, to none uh, in a seven-game uh, playoff series. And you know what? You know, And in the past, there's been fans uh, as well. There's been fans. Well, there's no fans. Uh, well, you know what? It uh, doesn't matter whether there's going to be fans in all the stadiums in the National Football League or not. Because the countdown is on eight days and uh, counting. And in fact, I guess we can start talking about, I guess it's a week, depending on uh, how you want to consider it and where you're tuning in uh, right now, depending on the time zone in which you're listening to us. And Leonard Fournette signs with the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers. And I tell you what, I don't want to buy into the public hype uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but the public hype isn't um, isn't equating into uh, to betting hype and I tell you what, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers look like an attractive underdog uh, in week one. We're going to start crunching some numbers. I put together a division uh, future parlay uh, as well. Four division winners uh, pays in a 12 to 1 range. We'll share that with you. College football already started with one game, except uh, we're ready to get the party started with a bunch of games. And then next weekend, it gets real cool on TV and all that type of stuff. But uh, we'll see uh, what uh, who Babano has circled uh, for this week. It's college up football card. Talk a little NFL up football. We'll get into uh, Thursday's NBA games. And the Clippers open up as six-point favorites. Up to eight and a half. Portrait late night. Bring it. Sports. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Rage it up. I am Renzi. Bet your rage. Thanks to the Raging Redhead, Cam Stewart, for kicking it with us. And level one, Ian Cameron uh, as well. We've got Babano. I know Babano's ready uh, for college uh, football. And, you know, it's hard to believe, man. You know, it's been such a wild, uh, wild run uh, 2020. And, you know, there was so much speculation. Will there be college uh, football? Which teams will play? Who won't play? And we don't know, you know, we can't predict uh, how it's going to unfold. Um, yet uh, there's already been a college uh, football game. Yet now, now you know, it, it begins uh, for real. And, you know, we've got some games on TV. Next weekend, it gets cool in which, you know, we've, we've got like uh, Baylor's on TV, TCU, bunch of big time uh, teams with BYU and Navy uh, in a couple of days. So, uh, Babano. I know uh, you've already uh, done some um, some handicapping and some circling uh, of the board uh, here. And I'm intrigued by this uh, football game uh, between Southern Miss and South Alabama. You know, South Alabama's um, offense got a lot better um, last year in the second half of the season when, when, when the new quarterback took over, the Desmond Trotter kid uh, took over. And I think they can put some points up on the board. On the Southern Mississippi team, Southern Miss got hit pretty hard, um, you know, with suspensions, opt-outs, um, and everything else in between. They've got a lot of new dudes on defense uh, right now. Totals up to 54 and a half, and um, uh, South South Alabama uh, getting 13 and a half uh, right now. What's your take on this football game, uh, Babano? Because I'm looking at the underdog uh, here. You know, it's it's under the key number right now. It's come down. People are betting on the underdog, and people are betting on the over of this football game. If you look at the the early line movement here, and you know, is this casual people betting this? I mean, do casual people even notice or know about this game, or is it sharp money? What's your take on this football game? Who do you like, Babano? 
Yeah, you know what? I'm of the opinion that with everything that's going on with COVID-19 and the uncertainty in college football, I would think that some of the line moves, especially in the non-power five games, could be more you know, a sharp movement, you know, professionals moving that line. And as you mentioned, Gabe, South Alabama's taken money, and I agree with it. I like South Alabama, and I also like this game to be a little bit more higher scoring. Look, South Alabama, if you watched this team play in the Sun Belt last year, the first half of the year, they looked like they've never played offense before in their lives, anybody on that football team. Like, their offense was miserable. They could barely get beyond 14, 17 points in a game. Their quarterback play was horrific. Their play calling was terrible. The offensive line was no good. But then the second half of the season, they changed quarterbacks. Desmond Trotter plays the last four or five games of the season. And in the last four games of last year, South Alabama scored 27 or more points in three of the last four games. And they finished the season four and one against the spread. So the quarterback change really did bring new life into South Alabama's offense. And now they get their quarterback back. Their offensive line has four or five returning starters on it. Southern Miss has issues. You mentioned it. Suspensions, guys that have opted out, guys that have transferred, two new coordinators on both sides of the football, not just one, two, the new offensive and defensive coordinator for Jay Hobson's team coming into the new season. Yes, they still have Jack Abraham, who's a pretty good quarterback, but the offensive line's been tweaked. The defense is almost completely rebuilt from what it was last year. You know, it's one of those situations where I saw enough out of South Alabama offensively and they played better. They beat Arkansas State, actually, Gabe, in their last Sun Belt regular season game with Desmond Trotter uh, under center. And Arkansas State's been a good team in this conference for years. So I think that's positive momentum for the Jaguars coming into this year and this game in particular. I'm with you. I like this underdog play plus the points, and I like the over. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I can't disagree. Like you said, I like the quarterback change. And, you know, you brought it up. They got four of their five offensive linemen back. Six of their top six wide receivers back as well, Babano. The South Alabama Jaguar offense should be able to move the football. And, you know, you know this as well as anybody. You know, when you're betting an underdog and you're getting, you know, nearly two touchdowns, you always want a team that you know is going to be able to throw the football a little bit and be able to come back when down, right? All right, we're down 17, but we just get a touchdown here and we cover. And I feel that. And also, I think South Alabama can play with these guys. Like, I, you know what I mean? I get it. Southern Miss have, you know, Southern Misses are, are better. But I don't know by how much, Babano. I think they can play. You know, it, you have the, the pandemic variable uh, here. The, you know, you, you never know. You know what, what's going to happen with the, how these teams are going to look, uh, but I think they can hang within the 13 and a half points. I, I really do, and I, I agree. I think it gets up there. You notice the total is getting up there. Yesterday we were looking at this game was 53 and a half, so up to 54 and a half right now. But I don't see I don't see why there's not points. Southern Miss will be able to score on South Alabama, but you know what's like? Let's say what 35. You know, maybe 35 28 might be a little bit high scoring for the first game of the year. Um, I'm thinking, I don't know, what, 30, 31-24? I'll, I'll yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll throw in one more point that I forgot to mention, Gabe, too. South Alabama was a plodding, slow-paced, deliberate team. We, we don't rush to the line of scrimmage. We don't rush to the, you know, snap the next play early in the season. 
when Desmond Trotter took over at quarterback, they increased their pace and their tempo, and they started playing a little faster. They tried to air it out a little bit more. And apparently, from what I've read, South Alabama, their offensive coordinator, their head coach, Steve Campbell, they want to increase the pace even more going into this season. So this could be a team that plays at a tempo that maybe a lot of betters aren't expecting. So, and again, pace and tempo, when you're handicapping college football totals, that's exactly the place you got to start. So I, I'm, you know, I'm looking at this game more so than the Central Arkansas UAB game. Uh, but I do know about Central Arkansas because they played Austin P last week and we, 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 we handicapped that game. So they're getting uh, 20 and a half points against the UAB Blazers. Totals 49 and a half. Any interest in that football game? Yeah, I mean, UAB's got bigger opponents on deck. You know, it's all about Central Arkansas. From what I saw of them uh, against Austin P, you know, didn't really impress me a whole lot, to be honest with you, in that football game. UAB's always had a really good defense. They had one of the best defenses in Conference USA last year. Lost a couple players on that side of the ball, but nothing significant. I think they're going to have a pretty good defense again this year. Uh, the offense is always the question. And I lean to UAB. I don't think Central Arkansas matches up well with them, but their offense is still a little bit sketchy. And that's always been the problem with the Blazers, especially in this point spread range. I'm usually one that likes UAB pick them as an underdog, not necessarily laying the big points. So uh, it's not a game I got involved in. Yeah, you know what? I, I hear you. The I'd like to take the um, I'd like to take the the underdog here. Uh, but it, it can get away from them. Beating Austin P is one thing, and now uh, dealing with with UAB, you know, it's it's a tough game. There's other games. It's a marathon, not a sprint. There's going to be a lot of college football games played, even if not, not everybody is playing. We don't have to bet on every game. I like the uh, I like the South Alabama uh, angle more, but I am looking forward. I am looking forward to the uh, the Army Mid Tennessee State uh, football game, uh, Babano. What do you make of uh, what do you make of this one? I'm looking at the underdog uh, here uh, in this game. You know, Army, Army is it was a nice run for Army. You know, of course they were terrible forever, and um, they got good. They beat Navy a bunch of you know three times in a row, and then you remember last year suddenly Army were like favored all the time by big numbers, and they didn't deal with it uh, very well. I think a lot of it was sort of carried on the back of Ahmad Bradshaw, their quarterback, uh, Babano. You know, I don't think Army, and I respect their coach. I think he's a good coach, but I don't think Army football is a sudden power uh, right now. And laying three and a half points to Middle Tennessee State here is um, is is not something I'm I'm in a rush to do, honestly, right now, Babano. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually on on Army here, minus three. I'm actually laying the points with the uh, Army Black Knights here in this one. There's a couple things that led me to this here. Middle Tennessee State, first thing that stuck out, completely rebuilt defensive line. Uh, nobody hold, hold returning from last Adam. year's defensive line. Hold that thought. We'll hit, this, uh, we'll hit this on the other side. Middle Tennessee State and uh, Army. All right, Papano's uh, enlisting. Let's roll. Sports race late night. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. All right, Sports Rage late night. Quickest 120 minutes of sports continues. I was talking some college football right now. I want to get into some NFL, and uh, we'll get into the NBA. Uh, we'll just kick it for a couple more minutes uh, with Babano. We appreciate uh, him joining us here uh, this evening. So I get it, uh, Babano. I understand. You know, you look at Middle Tennessee State completely rebuilding. Um, they were they were terrible against the run last year, ranked 118th. So you can't really expect them to be uh, much better. They are pretty big on their offensive line. They're pretty big. They should be able to move the ball a bit. Time of possession could be a problem for Middle Tennessee uh, State uh, here. But uh, you're willing to lay the points you're saying with with Army. And I'm not I'm not against the play. I just find that um, in, in on the first game of the year, I've been, you know, Army games, I find the opposite seems to happen early in the season. <laughs> what you think is going to happen. Going back to them, going back to them beating Temple on the road. Well, I remember they lost like 24 road games in a row, and they opened up a season, they beat Temple uh, on the road. I think I still have a bad taste in my mouth about that, to be honest. Um, and you know, it's crazy. We yep. actually did a show There's with Pharrell me. that night. <laughs> We actually did the show with Pharrell at the D uh, that night. Uh, I think it was about four years ago when this, little, little, this nice little Army football run has started. But they definitely will control the, the you know, the they're going to control the clock. Middle Tennessee State should be able to score a bit when they have the football, but Army's going to have the football more, Babano. Yeah, they they will, and they've got a very experienced offense, Army. They've got a good old line. They do have a new quarterback, Christian Anderson, but he's a senior. He's been on the in the program for two, three years now, waiting for this opportunity. They like what they've seen from him, preparation for this game. And just before I w- we were going to break, I said uh, the the defensive line for Middle Tennessee State's completely rebuilt. Pretty much new starters across the board. They were bad against the run last year. What makes this even worse for Middle Tennessee State trying to prep for the triple option in their first game is. They found out they were playing Army just two weeks ago, all right? Just two weeks ago, mid-August is when this game was announced for this first week of September. That's very little time to get everybody ready. Blocking assignments, you've got a coordinator shift as well on that side, a new defensive line with a team that was already bad against the run. I've got to expect some blown assignments. Trying to There's assignment football. Everybody's got to be disciplined. And I've got I've, I've got to believe there's going to be some significant breakdowns and just a bad situation here for this Middle Tennessee State D line against that Army triple option. I think situationally it sets up well for this Army team. 
their offense does have a good O-line, Middle Tennessee. Decent skill position talent, but I'm not a big fan of their quarterback. He's back again from last year, Asher O'Hara. I thought he was very, very inconsistent. He was very erratic in the red zone. He was settling for field goals or turning the football over far too much. Maybe he's a year older, wiser, and better. you got to hope for that if you're middle Tennessee, but he still didn't impress me a whole lot. I just think there's a lot going for Army. The number's reasonable. I wouldn't want to lay more than maybe four with Army in this game, four and a half, but three, three and a half where it is right now, I'm comfortable laying it with Army. Yeah, great breakdown. And, you know, you raise a lot of very, very good points, uh, Babano. You really do. Uh, you really do, especially, you know, the the short notice, the short notice assignment and, you know, working in, you know, working in the coordinators, working in so many, so many new players. Like I said, on the offensive side of the football, they're going to be fine. And they're not going to get run off the field, right? Like on offense, they've got big, beefy offensive linemen uh, that that are going to be able to move the football uh, for them. Yet the time of possession is going to be a big problem. Um, as long as Army's able to take advantage and punch it in when they when they get into the uh, red zone. But uh, great breakdown, raised a lot of great points. SMU Mustangs taking on uh, Texas State. Got a big uh, total there, 69.5 right now. SMU are minus 22.5. You talked about Arkansas State earlier. Arkansas State take on the Memphis Tigers. And uh, Memphis, uh, big favorites uh, in this uh, football game. Uh, with Memphis laying at 19.5, total 73.5. And then, you know, the game where, let's be real, Babano, that America is going to jump in on will be on Monday, right? It, it's Monday. It's Monday night football. The BYU Cougars and uh, Navy. but. Any opinion on some of the uh, the other ones, SMU, uh, Texas State, or Arkansas State, or you just want to get to the BYU and uh, Navy game? Well, actually, I'll pass on the BYU-Navy game because I don't have a whole lot on that. That's kind of similar to the Army-Middle Tennessee game. I would probably only bet Navy in that game uh, because for the same reasons where they've got the advantage. This game was just announced recently as well, BYU having a – you know, try to prep for it on a short amount of time. And I'm still not sold on, I know the BYU quarterback last year, at times he showed promise. He's back again this year as their starter. But again, time and time again, this BYU offense, it's just not been impressive under Kalani Satake, their current head coach at any point. I mean, I think this offense at times has just been dreadful. And that's going to be the concern for me here in this game against Navy. So it's a tough one, that one. Uh, you mentioned the two games on Saturday, the Memphis game and the SMU game. These are two games with a big total. I think if I was more likely, which game would I rather bet over? It would be the SMU game. They're going to bring back Shane Bouchelle, who had an incredible year. Remember, former Texas Longhorn uh, quarterback, Texas transfer, had a great year last year. He's back. The O-line is back. They've got a lot of their weapons back. You know what you're going to get with SMU, Sonny Dykes, fast tempo, air it out. That's going to be a really, really good offense this year, uh, that SMU team. And on the flip side, Texas State, you know, is a team I think that they're going to be better uh, offensively going into this year. Uh, Jake Spavitel, second-year head coach, he had a miserable quarterback last year. Tyler Vitt was terrible. He could barely uh, complete a forward pass. You know, red zone issues, turnover problems, inaccurate with the football, far too much. But finally, now they've got a quarterback that they're very high on, a Memphis transfer, Brady McBride. 
they're really raving about him in practice in the camps leading up to this season. So Texas State feels good about where their offense is. Their defense was actually pretty good last year. Well, they lost a ton of players from that defense from last season, and this year they're starting over on defense. So that totals around 69 and a half, 70. Uh, I think it goes over, and Texas State plays a fast tempo brand of football as well. So you're going to get extreme tempo, extreme pace on both sides, and probably a lot of points. So I like that over. Big-time shootout with uh, SMU and Texas State. Yeah, great job, Bubba Bano. The thing is, yeah, you need a clean ride, man. First game out of the year, get into a 69 and a half. And, you know, I love betting. I love betting college football overs, man. Uh, I really do. I really do. Um, and then, and as I stated, then next week we got some of the bigger teams uh, to start to step up. Obviously, the SEC, not till September uh, the 26th. But, you know, we've got, um, we've got ACC teams. We've got uh, Big 12 teams. Fox and uh, ESPN both have uh, full slates of college football on TV. So it's going to be real cool um, as, you know, the college football season is here. And, of course, the NFL's campaign is right around the corner. All right, Babano. So before we get you out of here, and we appreciate uh, your time tonight, great college uh, football breakdowns. The um, the Boston uh, Celtics and the Miami Heat, two teams, both are now 6-0 uh, and in the playoffs. And it's amazing because everybody, you know, everyone's basketball brings out the worst takes in people. And, you know, before the playoffs started, nobody could beat Milwaukee. And look, Milwaukee and people say, oh, no, no, that's not true. Well, whatever, dude. Milwaukee were the favorites to win the NBA title. And we all questioned it. I want, you know, we all wondered about the, you know, just it's like, wow, really? I get it. They're good. But should they really be plus 260? That's insane. And here they are. They're down two games to none. Nobody believed in the Raptors last year. The Raptors win. Nobody believes in the Raptors for the most part this year. And then finally the Raptors have believers. And then everyone, like, everyone, the Raptors, oh, yeah, the Raptors are going to go to the finals. Or, like, the Raptors and Bucks are on a collision course <laughs> at the very least. And then now suddenly, you know, look, it's Boston and Miami that are on the collision course. Yet I'm telling you, as Lee Corso says, not so fast. Things can change in a hurry. Ask the Utah Jazz, who were just up three games uh, to one. Uh, but it's a must-win situation for the Raptors. Boston are playing great. It's not, you know, and people can pick on the Raptors a lot. Boston are just playing great right now, Babano. They really are. And they're hitting all these damn shots. It's a problem for the Raptors. They got to they gotta play better with the perimeter defense. But it's a law of averages, bro. Van Fleet and Kyle Lowry aren't going to go three for 19. They go three for 19, they lose by three. Siakam has to play better, but I do believe the Raptors have a win in them. Uh, from a Raptor perspective, I'm more concerned about game four. I think the Raptors win, make it 2-1, but then they're still in a must-win situation again you know, after that when they play uh, game four again. They could be screwed uh, but I think the Raptors get it done tomorrow. Law of averages, Raptors win. What's your take? Who you got? I I got to believe they win as well tomorrow. And I know there's going to be a lot of people upset, you know, negative toward the team and losing the first two games and seeing the way it crumbled for them in the fourth quarter. I will tell you this right now. They were in complete control of game two, up by double digits late in the third quarter, lots of momentum going in. But then they closed the third quarter poorly. Boston got it below 10 the deficit, 
And then I started, you know, that's not a good way to close the quarter, but still fourth quarter, they're still up by eight or nine. I believe at the time things were still in good shape. And then the Marcus smart three point barrage just begins. And the three point show begins one, two, three, four, five, three pointers in a row. Many of them difficult contested shots. And that completely changed the game, you know, and Boston got momentum for that. I think it kind of sapped some energy from the Raptors, but I'm with you, Gabe. I think they've got, they played good enough to win game two. I think they'll play good enough and win game three tomorrow night on Thursday night. Ian Cameron, one of the ice guys on uh, Patreon with uh, Alex Smith, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Murphy, Andrew McInnes, breaking down the pucks. You can find him on uh, Twitter as well, at uh, Babano and all over the place. Thanks for the time, Ian Cameron. Appreciate it. A lot of fun, Marenzi, as always. Have a good night. I can take this. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com rage it up sports rage with gabe morency rage all you want More trade late night continues. Thanks to Cam Stewart and Ian Cameron for stepping up and in. We're just talking about the uh, the Boston uh, Celtics and the Toronto Raptors uh, game, and Jason Tatum has really stepped up. Let's just be real. Jason Tatum has been the best player on the floor. Jason Tatum has flirted with superstardom for a couple of years now, and every time it seems as though Jason Tatum's ready to take the next step, they tinker with the lineup, they throw someone else um, on the court. It disrupts the chemistry, and uh, Jason Tatum's development stalls. Um, but Kemba Walker's not that guy, all right? Kemba Walker, and, you know, everyone knew this. Like, when, with Kyrie Irving not being there, it was like addition through subtraction, just of which, which whoever would replace him would be a better fit for the Boston Celtics. And Kemba Walker's turning out to be the perfect fit for the Boston Celtics stylistically. And quite frankly, they seem to be better without Gordon Hayward around too. And you know, it's not to pick on Gordon Hayward, but as I say, there's only one basketball, guys. All right? You've got Kemba Walker. You, you know, you, number one, you got Jason Tatum. Number two, you got Kemba Walker. You got Jalen Brown. You know what I mean? There's, there's only one basketball. So there's only so many guys you can have. That's always been my beef with Danny Ainge. I think he's a great general manager. I think he's done a great job uh, building the roster over the years and stuff. But I think he always like adds. He's like a uh, he's like a chef, or right, like a cook. He's adding one too many ingredients all the time, um, and it backfires. Uh, but listen, they've been playing great basketball. They've won six straight uh, games in the playoffs. They absolutely own the Toronto Raptors right now. And if you don't think they own the Toronto Raptors, all you need to know is they're five and one against the Raptors the last six times they played them. The Toronto Raptors are 11 and 3 in the bubble overall. And um oh yeah, by the way, the only uh <laughs> the only games they've lost are to Boston. The Raptors are 11 and 0. The Raptors are 11 and 0 in the bubble against everybody else and they're 0 and 3 against Boston right now. 
I guess none of that really matters, though, does it? So the fact of the matter is, though, everything has gone Boston's way. Jason Tatum has played just awesome, and not that that's lucky or a fluke or anything, but Jason Tatum has hit everything. Jason Tatum's just played, like, next level. You know, Marcus Smart went off, what, 6 for 11 from for 3? You know, we can go down the list. Oh, yeah, Kyle Lowry was 0 for 7. Van Fleet, um, Van Fleet was 3 for 12 uh, from 3-point land. So, you know, you, so you go down the list. It's like, yeah, there's a lot of check marks. And I get it. Kemba Walker didn't go off either for Boston. If you're the Toronto Raptors, I don't think they're panicking. I think they realize they're in a bad position. They're not in a good position. Uh, but this is unbelievable. They're 21, 21 of 80 three-point shots the Toronto Raptors are in this series. Overall, they're shooting 38.5%. Boston shooting 44.7% in the series. 44.7%. Clearly, the Raptors have to clamp down a little bit more on defense. But you're getting the defending champions in a must-win situation and a basic pick-em slash minus one short money line. I do think the Raptors uh, are uh, going to win this game. As far as the series is concerned, you know, let's be real. They're in trouble right now. And so are the Milwaukee Bucks. In NBA history, 309 teams, 309 teams have trailed 0-2 in a best-of-seven playoff series. 309 times a team has been down two games to none in a seven-game playoff series in the NBA. Only 21 of them have come back to win. Wow. That's like the walking dead, man. There's like dead, <laughs> there's like, there's like zombies everywhere. It's like, wow, man. 309. 21. 21 out of 309. <laughs> if, if you're a coach, do you want to share that with the team? Like, I don't. I don't. Like, if I'm Nick Nurse or I'm Mike Budenhoser, I'm not sharing that with my team. Like, I don't want them knowing that. Because, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, some people will look and they'll be like, oh, my God, 21, only 21 times out of 309 times? They'll be like, we're done. We've got no chance. Well, you got a chance. You got a 7% chance. That's what it is, 7%. You've got a uh, little less than 7%, 6.9% or so <laughs> chance. Which is pretty crazy. I knew that being down 0-2 was bad, but I didn't think it was this bad. I didn't think it was this bad. And don't forget, too, those 21 teams that came back to win actually had a couple of games with home fans. (laughs) Well, look, the Denver Nuggets had never come back from a 3-1 series deficit before, and the Utah Jazz had never blown a 3-1 series deficit before. It's 2020, right? You almost expect... You almost expect crazy and weird things to happen in 2020, don't you? I do. I'm expecting the Toronto Raptors to win this basketball game and make the series two games to one. We were also surprised um, that the, the Clippers, as soon as the Nuggets won... 
it didn't take FanDuel long to get a point spread up uh, for for game one. And the Clippers were open. They opened up at minus six. They're sitting at minus eight and a half right now. The total is 223. Now, basically, how many games have been now? 15 games. So it's been 15 games for the Denver Nuggets inside the bubble. Been 15 games for the Nuggets inside the bubble, 13 and 2 to the over. We saw the Los Angeles Clippers and the Dallas Mavericks was basically just like a track meet video game. And for all the the talk about the Clippers defense, they did give up quite a lot of points. Now this this is an interesting series. I you know if you if you ask me who has a better chance. The Denver Nuggets versus the Clippers or the Houston Rockets versus the Lakers, and I'd have to say the Lakers. have uh, The Lakers are more vulnerable. Only just, you know, the style of basketball that Houston play, if the three-point shot is falling, they're incredibly difficult to deal with. Except, you know, they depend on it so much. You know, the Lakers aren't a great three-point shooting team. But I don't, I don't like how, like Anthony Davis is going to score like 50 points a game against these guys, though. Like, who's going to stop Anthony Davis on the Houston Rockets? Like, <laughs> I don't know who's going to stop LeBron for that matter either. So, for the record, the Nuggets and the Clippers total is 223. We'll be looking at the over. Tune in to Game Time Decisions tomorrow on these same radio stations. Uh, but we'll be looking at the over in this basketball game. Up to eight and a half points. You know, the Denver Nuggets were were just, they were gassed at the end of that. They were gassed at the end of game seven. It's going to be tough for them. It's a, it's, a new, it's a new opponent. It's a new stylistic matchup. And the L.A. Clippers are a hell of a lot more physical. And they're going to talk a lot more trash. And they're going to get in their face a lot more than the Utah Jazz did. I'll tell you that much. So we do have a number for game one on Friday night. The Los Angeles Lakers, four-and-a-half-point favorites over the Houston Rockets. Four-and-a-half-point favorites over the Houston Rockets. Total 225-and-a-half. Total 225-and-a-half. So to get you caught up to date with the updated NBA numbers, the Toronto Raptors, and uh, this game is up at uh, 6.40 Eastern time. Tomorrow evening, an early start. Raptors minus one, total 216. The nightcap, the L.A. Clippers, minus eight and a half, total 223. Going into Friday, the Milwaukee Bucks, once again, five-point favorites. Over to Miami uh, Heat. Total 223 and a half. And then we have the Houston Rockets getting four and a half. Total 225 and a half. You're wondering about the series uh, prices right now. Updated series prices. And you know what's amazing to me is the, the not the lack of respect, but just the fact, I don't know. I, the, I, I don't know if it's the, the why. The odds makers can't let Milwaukee go, but Milwaukee 
are only plus 108 right now. So think about that. The, the Milwaukee, we just told you about these numbers. 309 teams have been down two games to none. Only 21 of them have come back. And you see how good Miami are playing. So where I'm going with this is if you missed out on the Miami Heat on the series price, you know, you're getting a two-game lead. You got a two-game lead right now. You're getting spotted two games, and it's minus 132 for the Miami Heat to win the series right now. Minus 132 to win the series. And, you know, this game, if you looked at the final score today, if you didn't see the game and stuff, yeah, it was a crazy ending, and it would have went to overtime and all that. But, you know, Miami are just a better team. They're just the better team right now. Like, are Milwaukee going to come back, or is it going to be Toronto is going to come back? One of them or neither of them? The odds makers have a lot more confidence in the Milwaukee Bucks coming back because the Boston Celtics are minus 500 right now. If you think the Toronto Raptors can come back in this series, they're plus 360. The Clippers-Nuggets series price surprises me. And listen, I knew the Clippers were going to be, you know, prohibitive favorites. But they're minus 1,500. You have to bet $1,500 to win $100 on the series price on the Los Angeles Clippers right now over the Denver Nuggets. If you're willing to roll the dice on the Nuggets, plus 790. Plus 790 if you're willing to roll the dice uh, on the Denver uh, Nuggets. Now, I told you guys we have an NFL uh, play uh, that we're looking at, and I promise we're going to compile the list uh, for you, and we're going to share. You know, sometimes it's 10, sometimes it's 15. I've been really kicking the tires, guys, and putting a lot of hours in, though, and taking a look at NFL, NFL props, NFL futures, awards. You know, and I'm just looking. Listen, FanDuel literally, literally has hundreds of options. So we're we're scouring, and we're you know we're seeing you know we're looking to see if we're missing anything. But I'm starting to come up with some stuff actually. Quite 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 a quite a few things I'm starting to like here. Which quarterback's going to throw for the most yards this year? I think I know who. Which running back's going to rush for the most yards? I think I know who. Uh, most valuable player. I've got a couple of guys uh, circled. I've got a nice parlay of division winners um, that we'll get to. I want to have more time to break it all down instead of just sort of giving it to you and then, you know, moving on. Flyers and Islanders, big game. I like the Islanders, minus 130. Portrait's late night continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. remiss uh, if we didn't pay tribute and acknowledge the passing of Tom Seaver 
New York Mets uh, legend. And, uh, of course, uh, Hall of Famer. Won 25 games, man. 25 games in uh, 1969. Part of the, um, of course, the uh, the amazing uh, Mets and that uh, that crazy run. I think of them, you know, with the uh, the the Cincinnati Reds and uh, and that dominant uh, baseball team. But really, one of the greatest pitchers uh, of all time, like of any era. That's one really cool thing about baseball. Like that's there really is one cool thing about baseball to me is, you know, you get into debates about basketball, oh, and LeBron and Jordan and and all that type of stuff. And the fact is. The sports are a lot different. Like, they're officiatedly differently. Like, the eras are different. Football's the same thing. It's hard to compare eras. You know, like, Ronnie Lott would get ejected, like, on the first play of the game, essentially. <laughs> like, Deacon Jones, like, you can't clothesline people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, basically, you used to be able to pick quarterbacks up and, like, just drop them on their head. You can't do that anymore. So, like, there's, there's different rules, different eras. Like, look at golf. Golf is... Different equipment, different balls, different clubs. I mean, these these old dudes, man, they were using like pieces of wood and crappy golf balls. These guys now are, you know, they you've got like NASA working on like golf balls to go further. So it's just it's different. But one thing I like about baseball is up until now, actually, I was gonna say they don't really change it, but up until now. They've bastardized it, and you can blame the players as much as um, as as the owners for this. They're seven inning double headers, and they're crap with runners on second base and everything. But um, yeah, Tom Seaver, three time Cy Young Award uh, winner. You know, I saw a stat that Tom Seaver tonight. I saw that uh, that's, that Tom Seaver in his career faced Hall of Famers like two thousand and three hundred times, like a Hall of Fame batter. Uh, batted against Tom Seaver 2,300 times. They batted like 211. Like he was that good. One of the great pitchers in the history of the game. Tommy Terrific. Rest in peace. Lay it down. Raptors are going to beat the Celtics. Other than that, you're on. Oh. Later. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.